It's like playing Madden, like, but in Madden. Wingstop, 20-piece. See, he drums only. This team on flats. Stafford's been the best quarterback I've played with. Um, the guy can flat out play. I can always do work, bro. I can always do work. Y'all know what I am. Round six, pick 200. I can always get work. podcast week one preview with Tommy and Lee Murray I woke up this morning and felt felt real good man I, I fired off a tweet I think Tommy liked it yep um, in the in the wise words of our former head coach coach DeWald coffee's a little hotter pancakes a little fluffier um, you know it's it's just a really good week uh, to be on earth in my opinion <laughs> couldn't have said it better we've been waiting for this We've been waiting for this for the better part of the last year. And, uh, you know, happy to be here with you boys. We made it. And in Chicago, too, I don't know if you've had this in Michigan sometimes at night, in the morning, get that fall breeze. Look, air, cool, the air's a little cooler. Um, I also, too, want to say uh, 2019 NFL season preview podcast just dropped about an hour ago. Uh, check that out. We put our playoff predictions, uh, Super Bowl pick, also have some uh, season award winners. Real good stuff there. And if you weren't so sure if the Backstretch podcast is the best football podcast out there, just the stay scheme and outro gets me every time, man. I don't think there's any other podcast that has anything on that level. It's just elite. If, if I may say, uh, the last the preview pod, especially the last podcast, I, I said Q-Stay uh, scheme and it already was going. And it just, it was awesome. You know, it was awesome. It's really gratifying for me. So, so I'm with you, Adam. Dude, we should go back and find out how many times Tommy has said Q, Q stay scheming. That's like your sign-off. That's like your official sign-off. Print the t-shirts. Let's go, guys. Let's print the t-shirts. Yeah, I am wearing the BJ Blunt Say Less Apparel. Attaboy. This is why we need a video. So, I mean, call, call recorders got me covered there. Official Backjudge merchandise. <laughs> Designed Selling by Kanye $75 West. in, in a, stores. In a stu- in a, in a studio no, somewhere in Switzerland. Switzerland. Let's get into these games, guys. Um, we're going to start off on Thursday. The big one, boots over on the ground here in Chicago. People are going nuts about this game. There's billboards for this game. The NFL is throwing a party in Grant Park, a free watch party. They're putting up a big video screen and everything for the NFL 100. Super excited about this game, too, from the aspect of I'm, I kind of got over the narrative of, you know, the Super Bowl winner got that home game. Uh, and that's probably just due to the fact that the Patriots kept getting it over and over again. But at the same time, I thought it was a little bit tired. And for the NFL to kind of do this awesome week one rivalry game, so much history between these two teams. Also, too, last year this game was in Green Bay. And there's some storylines from last year where the Bears kind of blew it late. And they're really amped up to – avenge that loss a little bit and kind of prove that, you know, there are the horses in the NFC North this year. Um, where are you guys at with this game? Cause right now I'm kind of leaning bears. 
Yeah, Clef, I'm with you. I'm leaning Bears. Um, I kind of have gone back and forth all week uh, with this game, and I think that overall, just the fact that the Bears are at home, like you've been talking about, how excited that fan base is um, and how excited the city really is. There's, It's definitely buzzing. We're, we're missing it over here in Michigan. But uh, the, the, the Bears' three points at home, I think they're kind of going to pick up where they left off in terms of their defensive dominance. Um, and I think that this Green Bay offense may have some uh, some growing pains to go through before Lafleur kind of gets a gets a stranglehold on the whole thing. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is obviously going to do great things, but I think we're going to see this Chicago defense uh, ultimately overpower the Green Bay uh, offense enough to I don't know what the number is on the over under, but maybe eyeball the under on this one. <clears throat> Forty six. Yeah, I was going to be on the under there too. Yeah, I'm just thinking that this is kind of going to be a defensive matchup and a, and a, and a well-coached game by Nagy, I think. And I could see the Bears maybe by by four to seven, uh, covering three there. I'm, I'm definitely leaning Bears. Uh, yeah, I'm probably going to stay away from this one and just enjoy it as the uh, the kickoff event that it is. But I'm leaning the Packers. Just, you know, this is the team that I think is going to win this division. And a lot of that is just kind of blind faith in Aaron Rodgers and some of the moves that they've made this off. Uh, offseason on the the defensive side of the ball and I think that obviously has to start week one going into Chicago a hostile environment and uh, beating them and beating that team and I definitely think the the storyline is there from last year the the way they lost how Rodgers came back uh, you know being injured and but you know now Chicago's the top dog and I think that both these teams really you know they do have to prove themselves but you know Green Bay is the underdog here, and I I kind of like them uh, in the the season opener. I do like that under forty six though. I will agree with you guys on that. Very nice. Let's move on to the Atlanta Falcons going to see the Minnesota Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium, and I'll kick this one off here because the Atlanta Falcons are going to be my risky survivor for Week One. For those of you who are new to the show. We do our risky survivor pick, so this is a, a lock. You're locking up a team that might be more than likely they are not favored to win. Atlanta's plus four right now. They are my Super Bowl pick, but if they lose this game, I'm not going to lose faith in the Falcons. The Minnesota Vikings I'm also extremely high on. I think uh, they have a really great roster, and at home they're going to be tough to beat. But I think that this defense uh, for Minnesota, although it's very good, I think the Falcons might have an edge there. Uh, and I see them just pulling this one out in a, in a really close one. Yeah, Clep. Um, obviously, I have Minnesota going to the Super Bowl this year, but I think this is a really intriguing matchup. We talked about it a few podcasts ago about how this is one of those for, uh, week one matchups we're really looking forward to. Um, and I think that Atlanta in, is going to win this game. Uh, even with my, my love for the Vikings, I just think that this is kind of going to be a reintroduction of Julio Jones' dominance. Uh, I don't think Minnesota has a number one corner. Xavier Rhodes, I think, may be a little bit overrated. I don't think they have a number one corner who can really lock down a specimen like Julio in a game like this. Um, I'm going to stay away from it betting-wise, and I wouldn't be necessarily surprised whatsoever if Minnesota gets the win at home. But I just think Atlanta is going to kind of come out of the gates this year, at least offensively, proving everyone that they're a legitimate playoff threat and that Matt Ryan, Julio Jones connection may be getting a little bit older, but they still are definitely dominant and real. Yeah, I'm leaning towards the Falcons as well. This is a game that I probably will bet on uh, taking that Klepp money line at plus 165. I think that's good value for the Falcons to win that season opener. And this kind of goes into a little bit of the things that I was talking about Minnesota, uh, you know, before in the preview pod. And just 
I think Atlanta's a better team, and I think these teams, you know, the fact that Atlanta, this is part of that that stat that Klepp referenced throughout the offseason, uh, you know, Atlanta plays a lot of away uh, games in domes, much like the, the state of the home turf that they play on. So I don't think that the, the home field advantage is going to be too much of a thing in this game, and I just think Atlanta has uh, better personnel, and I am expecting them to win the game. And for me, I really want to see this game be a slugfest because I do feel very strongly about both of these teams. I don't want to see one of these teams kind of lay an egg and the other one just roll over them. Um, I'm expecting this game to be one of the best games of this week, not only just because of them being two great opponents, but I think it's just really going to come down to the wire in the end. So, again, just really want to see a well-played football game to kind of affirm my belief in both of these squads. Yeah, and just to uh, talk about that a little bit more, Adam, I would take the over 47.5 um, in this game, too. I, I could see it being a little bit of a, a slugfest, a little bit of a shootout, and uh, you know Minnesota attempting to keep up with Atlanta's offense. For, uh, for me and Clef, this could be a little playoff foreshadowing, a little playoff matchup, you know, maybe you know, 18 weeks from now, something like that. You know, see these two teams duking out in the playoffs, so... Uh, yeah, definitely two teams I'm really looking forward to watching. And these picks, man, it's like even with Green Bay Chicago too, I could have a different – I could wake up tomorrow and kind of have a different opinion and just have more of a movie in my head playing where Minnesota is just running the ball effectively and their defense is just rallying and stepping up and they get a, a clutch home win to kind of prove to that excited fan base that they are indeed back and they are indeed uh, a team that's going to be able to compete uh, amongst the best teams in the league. But, uh, you know, as of right now, I just think Atlanta – has a little bit more, and Minnesota is more one of those teams where it's going to take kind of this them going through the season in order for them to really improve uh, week by week. And this game, maybe of course, get off to a bit of a slow start. And this game, of course, one of the Falcons' many away dome games. Yep. So, yeah, big big factor this year. Let's go down to Miami, where who knows what the morale is like in that locker room now that basically they've punted on the entire. 2019-2020 NFL season. Of course, I mean, they won't see 2020, but uh, trading Laramie Tunsil away was quite a shock to me. Um, we haven't really gotten into it that much. We don't need to really dive in, but the Dolphins basically received two firsts and a second for Laramie Tunsil. I don't know if I would have necessarily done the trade if I'm Miami. Uh, I think their offensive line, I mean, we all thought the offensive line was probably the worst in the NFL before they traded Tunsil. Now it's just unbelievably terrible. It's going to be hard to really get a good gauge of guys like Josh Rosen, who now isn't, he's not even starting um, some of the younger talent on this team. It's going to be hard to even see, because I don't think this offense, can be really productive with, with the group of five that they're trotting out there every week. Um, also not a huge fan of the Ravens, but going to have to take them in this one just because I really don't believe in the Dolphins. And they're definitely a candidate that to go, you know, one in 15 or something atrocious like that. Yeah, Adam, I completely agree. And I'm actually, the the Ravens are seven point favorites in this game. And I think I'm going to take them. I just think that while I'm not a huge fan of what the Ravens uh, are going to be this year, I do think that they have that, that high floor and that high compete level where teams that they're marketably better than they're just going to, you know, thoroughly dominate and thoroughly control and control the game. I'm expecting the Ravens to really, you know, not really be tested uh, like they will be against some of the better teams in the NFL this year and therefore just kind of unleash Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, 
um, on a on a team that just simply isn't as good as them. And I w- will expect their defense to to eat Fitzpatrick up. Yeah, Tommy, I agree mostly with what you said in terms of them uh, being able to really beat up on teams that are clearly worse than they are. Um, and I I agree with laying uh, the the seven points here, six and a half on bet now. Some other sites have it at six and a half. Uh, I think Flores is going to be a good coach, but I think this Miami team is definitely a, a project. And I think Baltimore is kind of just going to come out of the gates and eat them alive. Um, a long a long shot prophecy could be Baltimore scoring in all three phases of, of the game, offense, defense, and special teams. I, I think that could be a realistic thing happening where, uh, you know, the game is really just not going in Miami's way whatsoever. I could see Baltimore kind of being one of those things where you're watching red zone or whatever and there's one score that's clearly Baltimore's just running away with it early, maybe getting off to like a 20 nothing start or something like that. I think Miami's definitely going to struggle. Uh, I think the Fitzmagic has run out. He's got nobody to throw to. He's got no one blocking for him. Kenyon Drake is questionable, and the defense is kind of in tatters. And so um, I think this Baltimore team is going to kind of – I'm with you on that. I, I may very well be – a little. This may be a little parlay foreshadow with with that number. Yeah, and I just wanted to uh, mention also because I, I thought this and, and I just you know verified it. I looked it up. Was Baltimore kicked the the crap out of the Bills in Week One last year, forty seven to three. I don't know if you guys remember that game, but as someone who owned Baltimore's defense and special teams for fantasy last year, it was a a very fruitful day for me. And uh, so yeah, that's just an example of a you know this this team has a brand and and you know is going to bring that high floor of competition and I expect that uh, in week one. Let's go to one of my other favorite matches of the week. A little bit of a sleeper matchup: the Buffalo Bills going to MetLife Stadium to meet the Jets, an early AFC East battle. And I think these two teams are going to be head to head the entire season, and I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, if the winner of this game maybe gets second place in the in the AFC East, uh, I'm high on the Bills this year. Lee had the Jets in the playoffs in our last podcast. I put the Bills in. Um, I, I wrote an article about them, obviously, for the overnight bus series that I did, and just think that they have the horses on defense. I, I believe in their coaching a little bit more than I believe in Adam Gase, but at the same time, Josh Allen in the preseason didn't really look like he has improved too much. He's still kind of making uh, dumb decisions, throwing the ball across his body when he's running, you know, towards the sideline. Uh, so, you know, we'll see if he's maybe learned from that some of stuff, but I get a little bit of Jameis Winston vibe sometimes from him in terms of ball security, but uh, I'm going to roll with the, the bills right here, but I'll definitely uh, might change my tune. If the jets uh, put a big number on them. Yeah. Um, this I'm I'm with the Jets here, and I kind of see it as being a little bit of a risky survivor, and and the fact that I think that the Jets are really getting three points just because they're the home team, and I think if the Bills were opening up at home, I think they would probably be a three point favorite as well. I think the these teams are, as you said, Adam, they're they're viewed kind of similarly. Obviously, they're in the same division, and also they're you know teams that had really good off seasons and are coming into year two with their you know their franchise quarterbacks or potential franchise quarterbacks, but. Uh, I'm leaning the Jets here just because I just, you know, I'm buying the Jets a little bit more uh, this season like Lee, and I think that starts at home and in week one against the Bills. But I think that this game, uh, is it's going to be awesome, and I completely agree with you, Adam, that this is a kind of a sleeper uh, great game for week one. Yeah, definitely kind of smells like a trap game, but one where I'm, I'm fairly confident in the Jets in this game. I really think that um, Adam Gase is going to, 
kind of prove himself to be a legitimate coach in this game and, and, and out-coach a very well-coached defensive team um, over in Buffalo with McDermott. And I think that Sam Darnold's kind of going to sling it around the field and, and against a tough defense, and they're going to really assert themselves as that two seed. And I, I uh, definitely am flirting with the, the number with the Jets. I think that the fact that it's Buffalo, who I do like, I don't want to slight them at all, but the fact that it is a division game kind of scares me. But at the same time, I really think this is a game where the Jets should win. And they spent a lot of money this offseason. Their team should be much improved. And these are kind of the games they need to win this year if they do want to make the playoffs and they do want to, you know, take that next step as an organization. Um, so I'm looking for uh, for the Jets to kind of do big things here and uh, maybe maybe put Klepp in a, in, a, in a tough position after week one if the Jets can maybe win this one by double digits. Yeah, I would definitely – be, be second guessing some of my bills love but again it is a road game so that can that can factor into stuff too i'm not gonna jump ship after just after week one uh to- tommy do you want to take us down to jacksonville yeah i would love to and uh the kansas city chiefs are tra- traveling to jacksonville uh to play the jaguars as as four point favorites uh in jacksonville and this is a, a game that I think I'm going to buy the Chiefs on just because I think that they're an elite team. I'm going to pick them to win, and I probably will bet on them minus four as well. Uh, I, I am buying a lot of the stuff that's going on in Jacksonville. I think they have a nice, you know, they have a nice structure to be a competitive football team. I think Foles has proven to be a steady, a steady presence at the quarterback position. And if, if Leonard Fournette can kind of bounce back from his abysmal sophomore season and this defense can kind of get not even in the form that they were two years ago, but just better than next uh, than last year. And I think a lot of that will come with just being on a competitive team. Uh, I think they can be, you know, a tough out. But to only give the Chiefs uh, four points and to win by a touchdown, I just am going to take that uh, from a value perspective. And, you know, Jacksonville can prove me wrong. This is kind of a stay-away game for me. Um, I like Jacksonville a lot this year. I have them in the playoffs. Uh, I do Kansas City as my Super Bowl champion, but like I kind of said in my spiel in the uh, in the preview podcast, I don't think this is a team that's going to be winning over 10 games this year. I think I see the Chiefs at right around 10, I guess maybe 11. I could be wrong, but really not like a dominant year where they're a clear one seed in the in the AFC playoffs or going through Arrowhead. And I think this may be one of the games that they, that they don't win uh, that a lot of people think they will win. It's... Uh, Kind of easy, I think, to take uh, take the candy with the Chiefs just because they are uh, they're, they're they're a team that was clearly dominant last year, and Jacksonville, like Tommy said, struggled. Um, but ultimately, a stay away for me. But if there's a gun to my head, I'm taking the Jags and the four points at home. I think that uh, Marone is gonna gonna really. I just think this Jags team is gonna look more like they did two years ago than like they did last year. And that team two years ago was a team that competed on a week by week basis. Another thing I said in the preview pod was that I think Jacksonville is going to excel outside of their division. And I think this is one of those games where they can really prove that, obviously against arguably the best team in the league. So I think maybe Kansas City goes through some early growing pains, but you know, on the road, it's a tough matchup. It's week one. I kind of like Jacksonville. I definitely think the, um, the Jags have a good chance to be that second team in the AFC South. Um, I think there's definitely a universe in which that they can even win that division. Uh, you know, if, some stuff goes wrong in Houston for sure. I think I'm going to pick the Chiefs in this game, and I would probably like Tommy take, uh, you know, the have them, you know, with the four point two favorites. I'd still take that as well, just because of this explosive offense. But I really want to see Jacksonville compete in this game. I don't want to turn it on in the third quarter 
and see that Kansas City's up 17 and like Nick Foles can't really move the offense and, and that sort of thing. I, I want the Jaguars to kind of give me something to believe in because like you know, like we were you know you were saying Lee this team two years ago was competing week in and week out with Blake Bortles and Nick Foles is much better quarterback than Blake Bortles is so you would assume you know the NFL this never happens but you would just assume that they could kind of pick up where they left off from that sense so you know I think and I think their defense I know that Tevin Smith isn't there for the year but the defensive line is still really good the secondary uh, is good obviously Jalen Ramsey is an elite player at his position. So just really kind of want to see the Jaguars compete and see what, you know, if they can kind of put a – make Mahomes have kind of a slower start to, to this season. Yeah, and I just uh, – I do expect them to, to, uh, to really be, compete in this game. Just as an added point, I really think that the Jaguars are a team that play with a lot of swagger, and I think that is guaranteed to be there as their – you know, this is every team's home opener, so you're going to see – uh, you know, a, a lot of team, every team thinks they have a chance at the Super Bowl right now. And we saw Jacksonville beat New England last year. And if they can really kind of take that type of, of ownership of what this game could mean, if they can beat one of the AFC's elite teams, then, uh, you know, they, I can definitely see a realm where they win. Let's go uh, just a little, little north here from Jacksonville to Carolina. And the Panthers are taking on the Rams at home. Uh, on Bavada, they're currently a three-point uh, underdog at home. Rams, obviously the defending NFC champions. This game is really interesting to me because I'm pretty low on the Panthers and I'm a little lower on the Rams. I have picked the Rams to win the NFC West just because I'm not a big fan of the other three teams in that division to unseat them. And Sean McVay is, is one of the better coaches in the league. But want to see how this Rams team responds from losing in the Super Bowl. Sometimes you can have that hangover. You know, you saw it with uh, Philly. You saw it. We've seen it with Atlanta, too, a little bit. Um, and, the, you know, they're in a tough spot. So Gurley, too, might not be the same player. Really interested to see what his usage level is going to be. You know, all those offseason storylines and, and speculation are really going to just come to a head in this game, and we're going to see for real where he's at physically. So a, a lot of interesting storylines to watch in this one. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I I think I'm going to – I mean, I'm pretty confident that the Rams are going to win this football game. Um, I would take them uh, – you know, I'd take the points minus three or even on the money line. Uh, it's at one, minus 155 right now. I just think that they're a better football team. The fact that Cam's health is a little bit in question right now uh, for week one and the fact that he had a little bit of a, a setback. And, you know, if he's not 100%, this team's stock – really falls and even when he's at 100% I still think this team has a lot of flaws and you know the Rams like you said Adam they just lost the Super Bowl this is a a big a big year for them and I think McVay is just going to have this team ready and I just expect them to beat a an opponent that is worse than them yeah I'm not a huge Rams guy this year either but I do think this is going to be a game where I I like them uh, minus three I think that that's uh that's too little especially considering Cam's health um, if I were setting the line, I'd set it more at something like six and a half, I think, to be quite honest. I know that Carolina's at home, but this is we're talking about the defending NFC champions. We're talking about a team that has arguably the best young coach in the league and a lot of weapons on both sides of the ball. So um, I think this Rams team, at least in week one, is kind of going to pick up where they left off from last year. And I feel the same way about Carolina. I think they're going to kind of pick up where they left off from last year. Nothing really about this team um, – I've been, I've been kind of silently hating Carolina for, for a while now, and, and nothing about this team is telling me that they're 
going to be able to compete on a high level besides the fact that maybe Cam Newton will play like an MVP this year. That's really the only thing that can make this team get to that level. And the dude got injured in preseason and is questionable for the game. Like some sites don't even have a line on this game because, I mean, obviously chances are he's probably going to play, but he still he still may not play and he, he still may not be 100% if he is playing. Um, I think Carolina's defense is going to rally. They're going to play for their coach because they know he may be on the hot seat if they don't win, uh, you know, seven or eight, maybe nine games this year. Um, so I, I just I just think this is kind of a classic matchup of uh, a, you know a, a road a road favorite that I think is maybe not favored by enough. I like the Rams minus three a lot. Yeah, and I, I'm gonna go with the Rams in this one too. Um, I, I just think that they have too much talent offensively for Carolina. Carolina also has kind of a shaky secondary that I'm not uh, too big of a fan of. So uh, the, the, it'll be uh, definitely one that trying to get some question answered and I'll t- tune into that one to see where these teams are at here. Let's go to Cleveland, which is another interesting matchup. Uh, Tennessee is going to first energy stadium and I want to see the Browns win this game. Like to, for me to kind of give them, I guess the credit that everyone has given them all off season. Uh, I'm super concerned about their offensive line. I think it's a huge issue that people are kind of trying to look away from or glaze over. But if you're the Browns, man, it's like this is a Titans team that, yes, they've been had winning seasons, but they're very beatable. And you're at home, and you know their people are going to be pretty pissed off. I think if they if they lose this one in terms of you know, Browns fans. Oh yeah, man. I'm. I mean, I couldn't. Uh, you know. I can't agree more with what you just said. I, the, the Browns really need to come out and you know win this game somewhat decisively. Uh, and I don't really have the full confidence that they will. Uh, I think this is a team that really might come into their own a little bit later on in the season. But the fact that I still think they're going to have a relatively high floor and I expect them to win the game, I'd pick them. But I probably would take Tennessee at the dog at, at plus six just because I think that Tennessee is just going to be a scrappy team, especially in week one. Vrabel's going to have those guys uh, – rearing to go and I and I like their defense a lot you know their offense might uh you know struggle to to keep up with with Cleveland's but I think that Tennessee has a pretty solid defense and a really solid roster to keep them in this game for the entirety we we on that risky survivor wavelength Ooh. right now that's where I'm at with the Tennessee Titans um I think Tennessee's gonna win this game in Cleveland I think this is gonna be uh, a classic Mike Vrabel coach game where this defense is just out there banging. This this Tennessee Titans defense is gonna is gonna travel up to Cleveland. It ain't that far away. It, 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 they, you know they're not going out of their way. They're going up to the dog pound. I think these Cleveland Browns fans' expectations are too high. Um, I think the Browns are obviously gonna put up a great fight. The, this team should be favored. Um, in all honesty, they should win, but I don't think they're going to. I think the Tennessee Titans are kind of gonna just run the rock. Um, maybe see Mariota or Tannehill possibly make a few nice plays. Uh, I'd like to see a few things out of Corey Davis on offense. I don't think Tennessee is necessarily going to move the ball very well on offense, but I think that this Cleveland offense might struggle a little bit. I just don't see Cleveland running all over this this defense. I think this is a Titans team that maybe I don't think super highly of, but I think they're just going to smash on the defensive side of the football, and they're going to fight until the very last whistle blows. And I kind of like that matchup. You know, I said it myself, this, this Cleveland team's got – they got a few divas on this team, and I and I think this is the the, the diva mentality is the anti Titans mentality, in my opinion. And I just think that this Titans team is kind of gonna bring bring that reality back to Cleveland. That hey, you know, you're in the NFL, and this is a this is a week to week league where 
a team can come up, you know, who you're favored by nearly a touchdown and, and, and smack you around a little bit on the defensive side of the ball and, you know, maybe not – maybe, you, can, you know, how you may have more weapons on offense, but that doesn't necessarily result in you just putting on a show every week. So I, I like this pick a lot, and I, I like Tennessee plus five and a half a lot. Tommy, how many sacks are we giving to Harold Landry this year? Seven. Eight. 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 Eight sacks from Harold Landry. He's in, the, he's in the DK category. We got eight touchdowns from yep. DK and eight sacks. It's simple math. It's Hutton Baker. simple math. Every other game, he's getting a sack. DK's getting a tutty every, every, every other game. Um, let's go to my... Lee just did his risky survivor, but here is my regular survivor lock of the week. The Eagles at home against the Washington Redskins. They're favored by nine and a half. And just just take take it, man. Take take them. Take the points. Uh, I think the Eagles are one of the elite teams in the NFL. It should be, you know, Super Bowls is the expectation there in Philly. Got Washington coming in. Really just not a lot to be excited about there. And I just I just see this being kind of a Wentz coming out party a little bit too. Uh, I see him kind of asserting himself as that elite player that he can be and that he was before the ACL tear. And you know, at home too, it's I, I can see them winning by 15 points. Yeah, I definitely think that Philly's going to win. Um, I probably will stay away from this game in terms of betting it just because I mean, I like I'm the I'm the Washington the the, the half in the Washington bucket guy of this. Uh, I got one foot in, so I'll uh, you know I just think that they're going to be a little bit of a tough out, especially in um, you know week one. But you know, ten basically ten points I guess is just too much for me to mess around with on week one when I like you know some other lines. But I definitely think Philly's going to win. They're a better team, and Dwayne Haskins should be starting for the Redskins right now. Yeah, I think Philly's going to cruise in this game. Clep, I'm joining you there on the survivor wagon, the regular survivor. This is, I think, biggest favorite of of the slate of games we have here week one. The only thing that scares me about it is that it's a division game. You really can never overlook those. Um, and Jay Gruden will be coaching for his job, but. I don't think the Redskins will lead at any point in this game. I, I think Philly's going to come out of the gates uh, guns blazing. I think it's going to be way too much for Case Keenum or Dwayne Haskins, either one of them. I, I don't think uh, the Redskins have a quarterback who could compete with this team, and I and I think Philly's ultimately going to win by double digits. I, I, I like the, the, the minus nine on bet now, nine and a half on, uh, on Bavada. I, I think that... <clears throat> Playing nine points is not the hardest thing to do in this game, considering I think the Redskins are one of the bottom three teams in the NFL and Philly's one of the top three teams in the NFL. So at Lincoln Financial, uh, I think this is going to be a, uh, a cruise one. I, I like Philly by 17 to 21. Yeah, I mean, like like you know Lee said, we're both on that survivor wagon. Kind of happy Tommy's not there because bad things happened the last time all three of us were, were on that survivor. So That is true. Let's go to Seattle. Bengals in Seattle, another, uh, you know, the other the other good option for the survivor of the week. I just Lee and I were talking about the Bengals a little bit in some some late night texts, and it's just there's not a lot to get excited about here. You know, we'll see what Zach Taylor can can bring to the equation, but no AJ Green on offense. Tyler Boyd's going to be your main option, I would guess. Seattle too, I guess a team that we're not super high on, but if the Bengals are at home, you should handle them. Yeah, I mean, I feel uh, about Seattle very similar to how I feel about Baltimore and the fact that, you know, Seattle against a team that they're they're better than, um, I think, you know, they're going to win. And they are my regular survivor of the week is, is the Seattle Seahawks. So 
I took the other, you know, consensus real survivor pick. Uh, and I just expect Seattle to to win this game. And I mean, I definitely think that, you know, Cincinnati, um, I think they are going to be able to keep themselves in, in some games potentially. I, I really like Joe Mixon a lot. I think that, you know, he has the potential to be one of the best running backs in the NFL. But that being said, he's really kind of their their only real X factor on, on offense. So, uh, you know, I think their defense is solid, but, you know, Seattle is just too much for them uh, in this spot. I don't have much to say about this game. I think Seattle's going to win. I wouldn't bet the nine and a half, um, but I, I think Seattle will, will, will definitely win this game. Don't think it's a bad survivor pick at all. Probably would be my pick if it wasn't Philly. Um, I think Seattle is getting overlooked this year. Um, I think Cincinnati might hang around in the first half, but ultimately Seattle at home, much better quarterback, much better coach. Um, I think Zach Taylor, I, I don't think he's Sean McVay, so I don't think that we're going to see some things out of Cincinnati that nobody expected, and they're going to totally, you know, surprise everyone and, and go to Seattle and, and win Week One. Um, I think Seattle will handle them. Let's go to the StubHub Center, where this game was one of our games to watch out for before the Luck retirement. You know, I want to see if Indianapolis can go to LA though and compete with Brissett at quarterback. I don't think, I think people are overvaluing the Chargers a little bit in this one. Seven is kind of a, a big line for them. I wouldn't take that. I'm going to pick the Chargers to win, but I think that the Colts can hang around in this one. Yeah, I do too, man. I think that uh, I'm going to take the Chargers to win just like you, but I'm going to stay away from it in terms of points. I think that Indianapolis, I think they're going to be a scrappy team, and they know that, you know, people don't believe in them anymore. And, you know, this they did lose Andrew Luck, but Jacoby Brissett, they just gave him a two-year extension, I saw, for, you know, $30 So that could be look really bad at the end of the year, but right now it seems to – you know, it seems to be that they, they think really highly of him and they think that they're going to be able to compete. Uh, so I do expect a, a good game and not a, a snoozer and, and one that, you know, uh, if the Chargers do cover, it will be a backdoor one at the at the end of the game. Yeah, I definitely would stay away from this line. Um, if I had to play the line, I'd take Indianapolis, but I think the Chargers will win the game. I just think it'll be like a field goal or a four-point game. Um, I think the Chargers are, you know, a team that kind of lets teams hang around. Um they don't really have a home field advantage. Uh, I think Brissett's going to play like he's got something to prove. And I, I think the Colts, man, I, re- I really don't know what to think about them. This might be um, a, an eye-opener for all of us if the Colts can go into, uh, go into L.A. and beat a, beat a pretty talented Chargers team week one, pretty experienced team. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a stay away in terms of the spread. Uh, but, but straight up, I, I would pick the Chargers in this game. They should win at home. Um, Indianapolis is still – Kind of, I feel like they they may still be licking their wounds internally from the whole luck thing. That that's got to be definitely a huge gut punch uh, for the franchise, for the players, for everyone involved. So either they'll play inspired or they may play uh, a little less than inspired. But I think I think the Chargers should win this game. Yeah, I agree, Lee. I think that people might not be recognizing that enough. That I mean, that's a huge huge blow to the to the franchise and even just the players. I mean, I know that they're going to stand behind Brissett. Everyone has talked about what a great leader and what a great guy he is, and I'm not, you know, discrediting that, but he's nowhere near the talent that Andrew Luck is, and I think the players all know that, and no matter how much, you know, Frank Reich tells them that they're still going to be able to compete, you just kind of know in the back of your mind that Brissett probably isn't the long-term guy. You lost your chance at a Super Bowl ring this year, and, and that's going to hurt. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't deny the fact that Brissett's a backup quarterback. Like, the, the only reason he's starting is because Luck retired. And on top of that, just to get on my little Andrew Luck wagon again, just like a great guy. Like, they, like he definitely impacted a lot of people in that locker room in a way that 
Brissett, nothing against him, didn't impact him. And like I think about the offensive line and the relationship he probably had with them. Obviously, T.Y. Hilton with the heartfelt post or whatever. I'm sure he had a great relationship with Frank Reich. I just think that it's kind of a thing where this team could still be a little bit damaged. And, and, and I would, I'll definitely be pulling for Brissett to prove himself as a starter. I think he already kind of has in some games that at least he can compete to be a starter. But, uh, but I just think the, the talent and the expectations in L.A. Are, are too high and overwhelming. And this is a game that the, uh, the Chargers should win. Let's go to the big game of the week in the big toaster. Detroit visiting Arizona. I'm, I got an article in the, in the tank that will drop this week. Uh, I'm quitting on the Lions season if they don't win this game. I, this, this is a huge game for me. I need the Lions to just beat the Cardinals because I don't think the Cardinals are a very good team. Uh, Patrick Peterson and Robert Alford aren't even playing in this game. The offense should just really run over this team. I would expect I, I want to see them score more than 25 points. I really would like to see them in the 30-point range. Um, I think Kyler Murray and the offense could give Patricia and the Lions defense some fits, especially with guy, a guy like Jared Davis out. I think the linebackers could struggle. And, you know, I don't. no one really knows what to expect, and it would be very Lions for – Kyler Murray just to run for 150 yards or something like that. So somewhat nervous that the Lions have to be the first ones to to face Kingsbury and Murray. But at the same time, it's not like the preseason returns have been that impressive for that offense. They're struggling with things like clapping and false starts and stuff like that. So I'm just really not that high on the Cardinals and really just want the Lions to go in there and prove to me that this is a team that can beat teams that they should. And they have a tough schedule after this. So this is a must win. Yeah, uh, this is a must win for sure. Uh, I, I really think that uh, you know if the Lions don't don't win this game, I think you're you know you're very right to to give up on the season for them. I think this is a, you know a huge game, especially because we're expecting them to drop a couple in the in the coming weeks just because of the the grueling schedule that they're playing. But this is my risky survivor due to the fact that the Cardinals are an underdog, and I I expect uh, I expect a lot of big things from from this uh, this offense. Uh, you know that in playing the Lions in a defense that I think is incredibly susceptible. And I think, like you alluded to with the linebackers, Adam, I, I think that's a, a huge X factor is not only their containment of Kyler Murray, but also David Johnson, who I expect to have a, you know, a, a little bit of a resurgence this year in, in a new system. Um, I, you know, I, just the fact that, you know, if, if the, if Detroit was a three point dog, I might take them. Cause I think that this game is going to be close. I don't think the Lions are going to, emphatically put them away or anything and neither same goes for the Cardinals I think that both of these teams are going to have a chance to win in the fourth quarter whoever's down but I just uh I like the Cardinals more than the Lions this year we have our, our prophecy bet together you know that all three of us and and I'm going to start it off with a bang with the Cardinals and expect that Byron Murphy coming out party in Patrick Peterson and Robert Alford's absence who's he going to guard put him on uh probably Marvin Jones maybe Galladay welcome to the league He's a scrappy guy. This hey, this is this is a game the Lions have to win. Um, I don't know if Klepp, I understand why you would be off the Lions wagon if they lost this game. Uh, I wouldn't, just because it's week one. Um, and, and crazy things happen on week one. You got a lot of time to rebound. But I, I think this is a game the Lions absolutely have to win. With the uh, lack of Peterson and Alford on defense, I think this is a game where Kyler Murray could even have a good game and the Lions still should win. Like he he shouldn't have to struggle. In order for the Lions to win this game, um, I think the Lions should prove that they are the better team with better players, which I, I believe that they are. Um, and this is just a game where last year the rookie quarterback came into Detroit and shredded this Lions team. 
Um, this year, they're on the road going to Arizona, playing against a very polarizing talent and Kyler Murray, who I think the world of. But at the same time, this is just got to be a team that looks ready to play. Got to be a team that, in a quarterback, that takes advantage of the fact that Byron Murphy may be the best corner on the other team. Uh, and a head coach who slash defensive coordinator who's taking advantage of the fact that the quarterback for the other team hasn't played any games in the NFL. And this is a team who's trying to kind of bring their own offensive looks to the league, and they don't have a great offensive line, and a lot of their weapons are young. So I think this has kind of just got to be a game where the Lions uh, come out of the gates and in, 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 in pretty much handle the Cardinals. Uh, I wouldn't say dominate, but definitely win by more than two and a half. I think that more than I'm one not going to bet on the Lions. Would, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to bet on the Lions, but I think two and a half is a little disrespectful, to be honest. I think this is, this is a game they should win by more than three points. Um, and I and I expect them to do so. So obviously we may be singing a very different and much sadder tune um, next week. But I I don't really you know it's not out of the realm of possibility. But I don't I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's happening happening this week. And um, and I expect the Lions to take care of business. You know, some of my more you know, kind of drastic opinion, or I'm like I'm kind of off on this team if they lose it. Is it's one factor of it is I'm much lower on the Cardinals than I think you or Tommy are. So, you know, I think that you think the Cardinals are a better team than I do. So I would just – I think that would be a reason why you wouldn't be off. But also, the preseason was not very positive. And I understand Stafford only played in one of the games compared to – he played in, I think, two of them uh, in Patricia's first year. But last year, the preseason was terrible, and it continued on into the regular season. Yeah, I mean, the Lions got off to a very slow start. And I just – I don't want to see that happen again. And I think in an NFC – Loaded NFC, you need to win these games. You just absolutely have to. So I think that they're in for a really rough road uh, if if they lose this game to the Cardinals. Because like you said, Lee, we want to be in that lot with two wins under the belt, right? And I even think the next week, too, not to get too ahead of ourselves, this is a week one podcast, but you got the Chargers coming to town next week. Their offensive line is tough. Melvin Gordon might not be in the lineup. Like, that's another winnable game, and you could just get those two wins early and kind of be on a roll. That's what playoff teams so, do, man. That's what playoff teams do. So that, that's just kind of where I'm at with this. And one last subplot to this Lions-Cardinals game, Chuck Wash. Uh, Chuck Wash cut by the Lions, signed now by the Cardinals. Lee, would you just like to give a, a quick retrospective on the career of Charles Washington in the Honolulu Blue? I mean, dude, like where do I even start? This is This is – Tommy Murray's high school, you know, they were in, or Tommy's buddy was in the bullying, the anti-bullying video. Chuck Wash comes up and takes care of the bully. Uh, ever since that moment, I kind of just fell in love with the mystique that was Chuck Wash at Fresno. And then we got, we took that trip to Latrobe and dude literally could not have been nicer. I had my Crespi Seltz water bottle, came over, asked if I was staying the next day, if I needed tickets, asked if I, you know, if you come to the game, I'll give you some gloves, da 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 could not have been a nicer guy. I was so excited to have, you know see a fellow or at least honorary Celt um, up there in Latrobe supporting him. Stuck around, you know, with all due respect to him, loved the guy way longer than I thought he would stick around. Proved that he's clearly just a gritty hard worker and a, and a good dude, not only off the field but on it. Um, and then, you know, gets cut and, and, and gets signed immediately by the Arizona Cardinals. Clearly an asset. Like, you know, I gave my little disposition yesterday on how him and B.J. Blunt, you know, they're worthy. They're, they're, they're NFL football players. And, you know, the fact that he's on the Cardinals, obviously a little bittersweet with the Week 1 matchup. Um, and I'll go as far as to say if the Lions lose this game, 
it'll be because Chuck Wash ain't, ain't on the squad. That, that, that'll be how I wrap this thing up. But just we have the utmost respect for Chuck Washington here at the back judge and wish him, wish him nothing but the best. Uh, in in uh, undrafted Phoenix. free agent, man, he just works and he's just he's just a pleasure to be around. So team, you know, he's he's gonna have a nice little career. I we're not worried about Chuck Wash over here at the BJP. He's already had a nice little career, man. Yep. So t- Tommy, Tommy, why don't you take us to your team, the Cowboys, hosting the Giants in the NFC East rivalry week one? Yeah, the Cowboys opening up against the Giants. Um, the Cowboys are seven point favorites. And I expect them to win this game, and I and I think they're going to win this game. I will stay away from it, and I'll stay away from that number, just because uh, it's a divisional game. The Cowboys have kind of owned the Giants in years past, and you know the Giants uh, are they're you know this one's going to mean a lot to them. But that being said, Zeke or no Zeke, I think the Cowboys have a much better team. I expect Tony Pollard to to fill in incredibly well uh, if Zeke isn't there. So it's not as big of a loss as. Perhaps it would be if they didn't have the talent that they had behind him, uh, and I just expect the Cowboys to to beat the Giants. They're a better team. They got, you know, they got to win this game. Yeah, I um, I'm not in love with the Giants plus seven, but I like it. Um, don't necessarily think they'll win the game. Definitely think there's a more realistic shot of them winning the game than Tommy does. Um, Dallas doesn't have Zeke. I don't think Tony Pollard is Alvin Kamara, so I don't think he's going to make the impact on the field that a, a Zeke-level player would make. Um, I think the defense is obviously really good. But I, I don't know. Saquon Barkley, in my opinion, is the best football player in the league. And even against a good defense, I can see him rumbling around and, and making it a competitive game. Um, Eli, not great. Still has stuff to play for, obviously. Um, not going to try to sit here and say the Giants have a better team because they don't. But this is a classic you know, NFL rivalry game. It's a divisional game. Um, Zeke isn't playing. I, I can't stress that enough. It's a big deal. I, I don't. I don't think this Cowboys team is really going to look the same, even with the offensive line they have without Zeke playing. Um, and I think there's just going to be la- that much more weight on Dak's shoulders. And I think that these uh, Giants DBs are kind of underrated. I, I like this group of Giants defensive backs. Um, I think they've been overlooked, and I think they may win that matchup. And if they can win that matchup, they can win this game. Uh, I said the Giants would beat the Cowboys once this year. I don't know if it'll be this week. I think there's probably a better chance they'll win at home, um, but 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 I like. I think this might be a stay away game for me. For me, uh, in terms of the spread, I, I would be. I guess I, it'd be easy to say I might be flirting with the Giants plus seven. Um, but ultimately, money line. I'm picking the Cowboys in this game. They really should win this game. Kind of similar to Detroit in a way. Uh, they they they're just the better team. Um, they're at home. They may not have Zeke, but this is still a game they should kind of overwhelm the Giants in. And when I feel like too, people are overlooking how bad this Giants front seven is. Lee, I know you kind of said the secondary might be a little underrated, and I can see that. But you're also betting on DeAndre Baker to have a good season as a first round rookie. Janoris Jenkins also kind of was pretty bad last year, under the radar, bad season for him last year. So obviously, Janoris has that elite talent, but it's it's kind of a factor of if he wants to you know put it all out there. There's no pass rushers on this team. It's Lorenzo Carter and O'Shane Zimenez, and they have let Dexter Lawrence and Dalvin Tomlinson up the middle, which could be some good run stuffers, but at the same time, I just don't see them getting any pressure on Dak Prescott with that really stout Cowboys offensive line, and I think that's where this game is going to very much tilt in the favor of the Cowboys. And alternatively, if I can just say too, the, the Giants offensive line against the Cowboys defensive line, I mean, 
uh, you know, Demarcus Lawrence alone on the, uh, you know, going up against whoever the right tackle is. I'm not sure who it is off top, but if it's if it's my man's Chad Wheeler or not, I, I don't know. But yeah, well, yeah, it's it's Mike Remmers, baby. It's Mike Remmers. Well, you know, he's a vet and he's been around, but yeah, but still, he's stonking. He, he was awful in Minnesota, and uh, I just expect. You know, the trenches is where the Cowboys have a, a clear, clear advantage. And then the fact, you know, that Saquon is Saquon, but if any linebacking core can can deal with the, the league's best running backs, I really do expect it to be the Cowboys with Jalen Smith and uh, Leighton Vander Esch and the athleticism and the versatility that they bring to that defensive front. Yeah, seven, seven is a lot, but I, I would still maybe even predict the Cowboys to win by that much if, if, you, yeah. had to, if you made I, me pick. Yeah, gun to head, I would take the Cowboys minus seven, but I'm going to stay away. Lee, you've been the uh, Tampa Bay BJP boy. <laughs> uh, do, do you want to preview this game quickly for us? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really glad it's at home. Um, Tampa Bay, you, you got the Tommy Murray's own San Francisco 49ers traveling across the country to play an afternoon, somewhat of a snoozer that could end up being a sleeper uh, game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, and their new-look offense under Bruce Arians and uh, Byron Leftwich and their new-look defense under Todd Bowles, which I am very excited to see. Um, I just think this is a, a game the Buccaneers are going to win. I expect them to win it. It's a pick em. I saw the Buccaneers minus one yesterday. I would, I would take the Buccaneers straight up. This may be a game that I'll be betting on. Um, not quite positive yet. Uh, I think that this is kind of going to be, I know I've kind of said it about a lot of teams in terms of a coming out party, but the Buccaneers, man, I, I just think this is a team that's a, another team that's getting overlooked and they're playing a team that I think is a little bit overvalued and has kind of a shoddy secondary in my opinion. And I think Jameis Winston may turn the ball over, but he's going to expose them. Uh, and I think Mike Evans, similar to Julio Jones, is going to remind a lot of the folks in the NFL who may have forgotten about him as an elite talent that he indeed is an elite talent and that there's no one on this 49ers team that can guard him. Um, and on the other side of the football, I think Todd Bowles is going to throw a lot of different blitz packages and defensive schemes at Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think this year Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of going to play himself out of the 49ers job. That's kind of been a, 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 not, a, a pretty well-known opinion I've had this year, this offseason. So I think it's going to start week one here in Tampa Bay. This is kind of a classic a uh, team I'm really, really buying and really think that their stock is rising and a team I'm, I'm really selling on and uh, think that their stock is lower. I, I think the loss of Jarek McKinnon may be a little bit bigger than we're making it out to be, too. As I do like Tevin Coleman. I also do like Matt Breida. And, you know, I just think uh, I'm interested to see the San Francisco offense against the Tampa Bay defense. I definitely think that that'll be a closer matchup. But I think that this Tampa Bay offense really is going to uh, impose their will on, on San Francisco's defense, and I expect them to win this game. Maybe it'll be close. Maybe it'll be a little sloppy, but I expect the Bucks to win at home. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, it's a pick em for a reason because both of these teams have high, high upsides, but, you know, are both teams that you, uh, you know, either think are going to do well and have a, a breakout year or not really compete with the, the likes of the teams that they're being compared to. Um, you know, I'm going to roll with the 49ers in this game just because I have more faith in them. And I definitely think that, you know, the the matchup is going to come down to, at least in my opinion, the fact that I, I like Jimmy G over Jameis Winston. And I think both of these offenses are going to be able to put up points with, you know, relative ease. The the over-unders at 50, I, I take the over on that. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I, I really think that, you know, Mike Evans, as you alluded to, but also Chris Godwin and O.J. Howard, they, I mean, this is going to be, uh, you know, that's going to be a lot for San Francisco's defense and especially their secondary, which, you know, does have holes to handle. 
But I just take Jimmy G as the better quarterback in, in, in the X factor. And I'm expecting Jameis to turn the ball over a little bit too much. And that, that, you know, will be the undoing of them, I think, throughout the season. And that starts in, in week one. Yeah, Tommy, if I'm you, you got to you gotta see the 49ers win this game. But it's, yeah. it's also a tough trip. I mean, you're going cross-country uh, to play a Tampa team that, again, too, with Bruce Arians, they're going to be throwing some different stuff at you. And the defensive coordinator is going to be on their toes in this one to, to kind of, you know, get in position. And the San Francisco defense also isn't too great. So yeah. you could see Jameis Winston having, having a big game, especially because going against that secondary I have no feel for this game. I really would not be surprised if either team won. Also wouldn't be surprised if it's a little sloppy. Uh, but I guess I'd have to take the Niners. Yeah. I, you know what I'm excited for is, is some NFL films footage of, of John Lynch mucking around with some, uh, some Tampa Bay guys before the game, you know? Yeah. Before the game? Absolutely. Oh, I can just God. see that right now. We can all yeah. agree on that. With the oh, aviators yeah. or whatever glasses Laughing he wears, with some shoulder, and like some a shoulder dress pads shirt, and then walking off to your side. You know, that's what that's what I want yep. to see. It's gonna be a beautiful day in Tampa. Just shooting the, just shooting the, you know yeah. what, a little bit before. Oh, the I also I wanted to say I have a really strong inkling that Michael Gallup's gonna catch a touchdown against the Giants. So, Clep, that's your that's your fantasy guy. Yeah, that'd be big for me. Eighty three percent chance I'm giving it. He scores a touchdown this weekend. I also, if we're throwing inklings in, I, I forgot to say this. Uh, talk about a good over. I think the Detroit Arizona over at forty seven. I think I may smash yeah. that. Yeah, I could. I, I I could see this being kind of like maybe like a thirty three to twenty one game, um, or maybe even like a thirty eight to twenty twenty four game, something like that. I think that the Lions are kind of gonna sling that thing around on offense. Um, I at least I hope so. So I, I think that might be kind of a sneaky over that I like. Let's go to New England and Lee. If I don't. If I'm not mistaken, I believe this was one of your uh, big week one games that we looked ahead to in mid-August. Yeah. And just, just a, what a what great matchup. Uh, Pittsburgh going to Gillette Stadium. And I'm, I'm taking Pittsburgh, man. Lee and I are very high in the Steelers. This could, also, this could have also been my, my risky survivor, but I, I ultimately went with my Super Bowl win pick rather than my AFC champion pick. I just think that you're going to see a Steelers team that can come out, no distractions, and beat a New England team that historically doesn't play well uh, early on. And I think they have more things to figure out with Gronk being gone than they have in years past. So also the news that Nikhil Harry is, is going to be placed on IR. They said he'll return for the season, but that's, that's a tough blow to the offense that's already short at receiver. So, and, and Edelman, too, is still banged up with that thumb. He kind of re-injured it. He's going to play, but... I just think this Patriots team could go through some growing pains early on like they, they do usually, and the Steelers are, I think, a team that can easily take advantage of that, even though this game is at Gillette. Yeah, Clep, I'm totally with you. Um, this wasn't my risky survivor just because I, I made it clear in earlier episodes to our loyal listeners that this is a game I think the Steelers are going to win. Um, I, I stuck in the division, though, and picked against the Browns, so maybe a little by virtue I, I was thinking about the Steelers with my risky survivor. But... Yeah, just to pick up where you left off a little bit, Clep, I just think this is a game where Bill Belichick, we all know, likes to kind of work out the kinks early in the year. He's obviously a uh, an expert at managing the workload for his players and managing the uh, the week-by-week schedule of the NFL. Um, and I think this is a game where Pittsburgh's just going to come out and honestly just want it a bit more than New England does and really get after it. Um, obviously, if you listen to this podcast, you know I'm really excited to see Devin Bush get after it week one against this Patriots team. I think he's going to... I think he's just going to buy into that whole rivalry ideology in Pittsburgh with the with the Patriots, and he's going to have play with a big chip. It's going to be his first NFL game, um, and then I think 
uh, offensively that the Steelers are going to move the, fo- the football a little bit better than New England does and that this is going to be kind of a classic smash-mouth competitive game. Definitely going to be close in the fourth quarter. Um, but I ultimately think Pittsburgh's going to win this game. And uh, I quite honestly would probably stay away from the spread. I would just, with my confidence, I'd just take Pittsburgh on the money line. I think there's probably a bit better value there. Um, if you're not quite as certain, like I maybe am assuming where Tommy would be at, I think that maybe uh, Pittsburgh on the spread would be would be the better play. But but I'm pretty confident in this Pittsburgh squad, and I think that um, they're going to come out of the gates firing in this primetime spot. Yeah, uh, I'm probably going to stay away from this game, but if you know, gun to head, I probably would take uh, Pittsburgh with the points. Um, and also, gun to head, I probably would take. Uh, I probably take. Uh, you know what? Actually, I think I'm going to take Pittsburgh live. You know, I I I agree with what you guys are are talking about in terms of New England having growing pains. I will push back a little bit on uh, you know the the loss of of Gronk. Obviously, you know they don't. I think they're going to be able to to scheme around that. And Nikhil Harry being out is. Is is it you know it is significant that they lost him for you know the at least the first six weeks or eight weeks of the season whatever it is but I do believe that with Edelman uh, you know Jacoby I'm not yeah I guess Jacoby Myers they just resigned Demarius Thomas as well I think that's it's just so much of a Jogo Gordon yeah yeah Josh right, Gordon, Gordon too playing? yeah exactly they they have they have a lot of bodies there and a lot of talent there that I think can can fill some of the void of that production but just like they kind of lost to Jacksonville this is a huge I think Pittsburgh really you know, needs to win this game, and they really are feeling the pressure to win this game. Um, and or I think could possibly be taking it a little bit more seriously. So uh, I will probably stay away from it in my own personal uh, financial betting life, but uh, I do think that, uh, you know, gun to head, I would pick Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's an interesting one to bet, especially with Pittsburgh getting that six-point line. I mean, that's a lot that they're getting, and that's kind of, I don't know. I know that it's the Patriots, but I, I would be inclined to, to bet that one. And yeah. another game that I'm inclined to bet is the early Monday nighter. Houston Texans at the New Orleans Saints. Um, the Saints are a seven-point favorite, too, in the Superdome. And I'm going to tell you right now, I like the Texans in this one a lot. I think that they have a lot of good internal mojo going with the Andrew Luck retirement as well as the move to go get Tunsil. I mean, I think you can even make an argument that maybe they don't go and get Tunsil if Andrew Luck doesn't retire. Uh, I, I don't know. I think they see themselves as a chance to be the the dog in the AFC South for years to come now, um, with the Colts kind of taking that step back. And, you know, I think Sean Payton is a much superior coach to Bill O'Brien. But when it comes down to it, I just like this Texans team and Deshaun Watson to kind of put the Saints down early. And, and the Saints also are a team that has no, been known to start slow. I mean, they got shellacked by Fitzmagic in, in Tampa last year in their first game at home. So, uh, I, I think that this is one where the Texans are going to come out on top. Yeah, just to piggyback, Clep, I'm I'm totally lockstep with you on that one. I love I love this line, absolutely love it. I mean, I think Houston's going to win straight up for starters, but I think the the seven point insurance is absolutely awesome. Um, I would set it definitely more around something like three and a half or four, especially after the Tunsil, the acquisition of Tunsil. Um, but I just think this Houston offense is going to come out of the gates guns freaking blazing more than any team in the league this week. I just think that Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, again, listeners know how much I like this guy. I think he's really going to expose some of the uh, maybe not as not as spoken about weaknesses in the Saints secondary. Um, and I think that the receiver tandem of Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins is going to be really just running all over the field uh, in the Superdome. Definitely think it'll be a close game. I'm not saying they're going to run the Saints out of the building, out of their own building. But I do see Houston kind of controlling this game and ultimately um, 
you know, after they win the game, in my opinion, I don't think we're going to be saying, oh, you know, like the the, the better team lost. I, I think Houston's kind of going to go into go into the Superdome and outplay the Saints uh, in this in this Week One matchup. I like the uh, coaching experience that Houston has. I don't love Bill O'Brien, but Romeo Cornell is a defensive coordinator, man. I just think that he, you know, if anyone can can kind of figure out how to match up against this uh, this this electric Saints offense at least the past couple of years, I think Cornell is kind of the guy for that job. Definitely seen a lot, so. Just wanted to add that that little tidbit. Yeah, and another guy that I think we're we're, we're forgetting about, uh, you know, with the Laramie Tunsil thing is also Kenny Stills. Was a guy who, you know, obviously the whole, uh, you know, kneeling movement and all that with Stephen Ross. He kind of made himself a little bit of an enemy uh, in you know in the, in that building and was a part, you know, kind of was a throwaway in a part of that trade. But I think he's a guy who can bring a lot of value to the, you know, obviously they got Kiki Kuti as well who got hurt last year, but Kenny Stills is a guy who. You know, is a really good route runner, still has that deep threat speed, and I think will fit really well into this offense. I'm just saying, it just at like he's the third option, and that's a really good yeah. third option to have for this offense. I do worry about the Texans' tight end room. They've got some injuries in the tight end room, and they don't really have a standout guy at tight end, at least as a pass catching option. So I think that's a definitely in a, a big move they made to go get Stills. Um, but I just think the top end, those those top two guys. I'm a big Will Fuller guy, so. That if he can stay healthy, I think this Houston Texans offense may be one of the better O's in the league. Uh, yeah, I didn't really get to preview the game, but if uh, I, I definitely think that uh, I'm going to stay away from this game, but I, and I think that the Saints are going to win. That being said, I do think that the Texans at plus seven is is you know wildly misjudged. I think it's they should be three point dogs probably. I would put it at in this game. Um, but I think that this game is going to be a great, you know, way to open up the season for Monday Night Football and between two of the, the NFL's best teams. Uh, but I just see the the Saints being the better team in the end and coming out on top due to their co- better coaching and I think better team. I, I really am kind of shoddy on this Texans uh, defense. I think that they're going to have some issues, especially in the secondary. Obviously, J.J. Watt can still get after it, but. Uh, I still think there's some major question marks on this defense, and I think the Saints can exploit them. The last game of the week, the Monday night football doubleheader, the West Coast game, Denver going to Oakland. Big finale, the big finale. Uh, I'm going to lean Raiders here, but at the same time, uh, the Broncos, I took them in the win pool just because uh, I feel that they've got a kind of a high floor in the sense that the defense is going to keep them in games. I don't see this team bottoming out and losing you know, more than – 11 games like I, I see them as like a six and ten to a to a nine and seven squad uh, I mean obviously six and ten isn't good but I, I don't know I think maybe I've overlooked the Broncos a little bit in terms of their ability to be competitive especially with Vic Fangio uh, at that head coach I mean the defense could be elite so uh, I'm gonna lean Raiders but I think I think the Broncos will put up a fight and I wouldn't be surprised if they win I'm gonna stay away from this one betting wise I'm also leaning Raiders, Adam, uh, and I, I have a similar opinion of Denver. Uh, I, you know, I definitely, as I talked to on the on the other podcast, how I, I put Denver as that number three spot in the AFC West. I just think they they do present that higher floor. Their defense is going to keep them in games, and also the fact that they play at that altitude and with that kind of natural home field advantage, it's tough to go in there and get a win. But you know, Oakland is going to be searching for wins all throughout the year. They got a pretty brutal schedule for their talent level, and I think they're going to be needing to win. So I'm going to give them a win week one. Uh, I'm definitely going to stay away from this game betting wise, and and just stay up late on that Monday night and and watch this uh, this you know <laughs> this shootout. But let's give Gruden a win week one, eh? You stay away from it betting wise until it starts. You're going to be you're going to be live betting on the couch. I'll make a prophecy <laughs> about that. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm pretty confident the Raiders will win this game. Definitely agree with what you guys said about Denver. I don't think we've really overlooked them. I think that nine wins is definitely a little rich for them. I think eight is kind of their ceiling. But I totally think that six is their very deep floor and seven is kind of the realistic spot I see them at. Um, I just see this as kind of more of a mojo game. Last game of the week, it's a primetime spot. Um, assuming A.B. will be healthy, uh, I, I see this this Raiders offense kind of clicking, and I kind of see this Denver offense struggling. I'm not a huge Joe Flacco believer. I'm not quite positive if Philip Lindsay is at 100%. Um, I think the Denver offensive line is kind of suspect. I'm not in love with their receivers. Uh, Cortland Sutton is young, and Emmanuel Sanders is proven, but I don't think either of them are going to be necessarily very productive. Um, and I, I think this Oakland team is is just a little better built for this week one matchup right now. Um, it'll be Vic Fangio's first game as a head coach. Uh, and I think John Gruden, this is kind of a game where um, the, the Raiders kind of, you know, they kind of got to win this one. I mean, this is a division game. It's at home. There's a lot of hype surrounding this team this year. They objectively have the better quarterback. I think it's safe to say that. Um, they have the better offense. I think it's safe to say that. It's going to definitely be the Raiders O versus the, versus the Denver D, but... I think in the, in this Monday night matchup, the, the offense will prevail. So I'm going with the Raiders with, I think, a little more confidence than you guys are. And that wraps up the week one slate. Uh, I mean, this is this is a nice meaty episode for you. Usually we're going to start, you know, once we figure out who the good teams are and who, who is not so great, we'll start weeding out some of these matchups. But just for week one, kind of wanted to just get all of our thoughts out on all these games, where we're at standing with all these teams as we – Get ready for Sunday to wrap up the show. Our parlays of the week presented by John Gooch. Um, Lee, do you do you have a do you have a parlay that you want to start us out with? Uh, I don't, but I can make one in thirty seconds. I just got to get the get the uh, the odds on it here in the Bavada calculator. I use Bavada, the site that I'm banned from. Um, I don't use it, but I, I use it because I have to use it because you guys use it. So I just want to say that. I'm banned from Bavada. I, I think they're a somewhat respectable service, but if they, you know, I just love to sit down with the CEO of Bavada and explain what happened. I'm not, I'm not a cheater. I'm not a scammer. I'm just a guy who made a mistake. And, uh, you know, that's, I guess that's my little thing I have to say about Bavada. But, uh, but yeah, off the top of my head, I'm, I'm going to throw together a parlay here. I'm going to go Buccaneers in the pick Um, Definitely going to be a sloppy game. I think it might be a bit of a stay away for me, but I just I'm riding the juice. I'm I'm the I'm the official Buccaneers boy of the back judge here, so uh, I'm 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 going to roll with them in a pick 'em, and then I'm going to go I'm going to throw in the Texans plus seven. I just like the touchdown for the Texans. I think it, uh, I think it's way way too many points, and then to rally it off, we you, we usually throw three teams in in this uh, parlay of the week. I'm going to go ahead and throw in the New York Jets minus three. Um, Going to throw in a, a juicy little divisional matchup. Kind of scary, maybe a trap game for the Jets. But overall, this is a team I have in the playoffs, and this is a game they kind of got to win to get their season off the way that uh, that I that I see them getting it off to. So we'll throw in 25 bucks for a $145 return on Tampa Bay and a pick em, the Houston Texans plus 7, and the uh, New York Jets minus 3. Uh, two home teams, one road team. Uh, three games in, in, in three different time slots. So that's a nice, juicy little parlay. One one game to enjoy. Hopefully you can get the first one at 1 o'clock, second one at 4 o'clock, and the third one Monday night prime time to wrap it up. Yeah, I, I got I got a little action as well. Uh, my 
my uh, parlay will be uh, Atlanta plus four, Baltimore minus seven, Kansas City minus four, and the Rams minus three. That would be my four-team parlay of choice. Tommy, can you repeat that? Sorry, Atlanta, I, I, I Atlanta plus that. four, Baltimore minus seven, Kansas City minus four, and the Rams minus three. And then I also want to bring in my special Tommy teaser and, and, and knock this out for you guys real quick. We're going to have adding six points to, to five teams. The Rams plus three, the Chiefs plus two, Baltimore minus one, Atlanta plus 10, and Pittsburgh plus 12. That'll give you plus 400 odds on Bavada. Go take it to the bank. It's a lock. What are you betting, and what's the return there? I, I put down 50 for 200. It's plus 400. Rams, Rams plus three, Chiefs plus two, Ravens minus one, Falcons plus 10, and Steelers plus 12. I think the Jags kill you in that one. Yeah, well, you could be, you could be right. But. but they very well may not, and a lot of people have more confidence in, in the Chiefs. I think that's definitely... Definitely solid. I'm gonna go. I, I always get crushed by these, but I, I get I get too into the the money line with these road teams that I like. I always get some juicy <laughs> juicy lions, and I, I go after them. So I got a three team road parlay. We've got the Texans over the Saints. We got the Falcons over the Vikings, and we got the Steelers over the Patriots, putting down a fiver to win 138. Wow! Like Look it. at the odds on that one. I like it. Holy like mo- it. holy moly! Well, definitely, uh, that's definitely a juicy one there. Yeah, I mean, like you three said, Lee, it's a, that three tough, different but... time slots. You got the, the afternoon one uh, with Atlanta. Yep. You got the, the Patriots one, uh, or the Steelers and Patriots on Sunday night, and then you got to wait until the early Monday night or to, to watch that one come in. Going to work on Monday thinking about the fact that you're two for two, baby. You just got one game left. You got the Texans on the road. Imagine that. that that's, that's the feeling that we all live for. Quite honestly. Just throw an extra, an extra like twenty on on uh, on the Texans, just uh, on like the money line or something. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, we don't hedge here. No, the back no, no, no we double down. <laughs> um. All right, boys. Well, tis the season. Here we are again, week one. Can't wait. Q, Q stay scheming.